0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. You're listening to Life Kit from NPR. Hey, everybody. It's Marielle. When I say the word fiber, what do you think about? Maybe pooping? You were probably taught that fiber keeps you regular, and it does do that, but also so much more. NPR science correspondent Maria Godoy says fiber is kind of like the Peter Parker of food.
1: You think it's kind of this nerdy nutrient, but it's actually really secretly a dietary superhero. Yeah, a superhero. Because this carbohydrate, which occurs naturally in plants, has a ton of health benefits. It lowers cholesterol. It helps regulate blood sugar levels. It keeps your hunger in check. And it is the primary food source for the trillions of microbes that live in our guts. And those microbes play really a critical role in so many aspects of good health. On
0: today's episode of Life Kit, Maria and I talk all things fiber, how it works in our bodies, the best ways to get it, whether you should take supplements, and how to avoid some of the uncomfortable side effects that can come with upping your fiber intake.
2: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast
0: Sometimes it takes a different approach to unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath Learning Format is designed to help you learn relevant skills at your own pace, so you can earn your degree on your terms and apply what you learn right away. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hi. Have you signed up for LifeKit Plus yet? Becoming a subscriber to LifeKit Plus is a way to support the work we do here at NPR. Subscribers also get to listen to the show without any sponsor breaks. To find out more, head over to plus.npr.org slash lifekit. And to everyone who's already subscribed, thank you. I feel like for a long time I just thought fiber was something that was kind of like a broom sweeping your digested food <laughs> through your intestines. <laughs> It does play that role, right? right? But it also does other, all this other
1: stuff, right? There's actually a huge body of research that shows diets high in fiber boost health in lots of ways. For example, there was this big review of nearly 200 studies and dozens of clinical trials, and it found diets rich in fiber were linked to a lower risk of major health problems like obesity, type 2 diabetes, cancer cardiovascular disease, even dying prematurely from any cause.
0: Do we know why it's so beneficial, like how it's working in our bodies?
1: One of the big things that scientists have learned over the last two decades is that one of the reasons it's so important to health is that fiber is the primary food source for those microbes in our gut. And those microbes, we've learned, play a critical role in regulating health, not just in our guts, but throughout our whole bodies. I mean, they influence health in everything from immunity, really important to immunity, you know, allergies, heart disease, inflammatory bowel disease, even mental health. And scientists are still untangling those mechanisms, but it's pretty clear that they play a critical role. And Fiber is the primary food source for these microbes, um, especially a type of fiber called prebiotic fiber, which is the kind of fiber that these microbes can ferment.
0: Let's linger here for a second on the gut microbiome because this is so fascinating. Could you explain what the gut microbiome actually is? What is the gut and what are these microbes?
1: Okay, so your gut is your gastrointestinal system, you know, so it includes your stomach and your small and large intestines, which, you know, the large intestine or colon. And it is home, especially your large intestine, is home to this community of very diverse trillions, trillions of very diverse microbes. And those microbes play a critical role in influencing health throughout your body. And those microbes are adapted to work with different fibers. So that's one reason why you want to eat a diversity of fiber in your diet, because I like to think of them kind of like a team of builders building a house, right? Like you want to have your gut as the house. And so some microbes are like plumbers and some are electricians and some of them are, you know – masonry experts. And so they all need different tools and the fibers are those different tools to build different things. So you don't want to rely on one kind of fiber. You want to eat lots of different fiber from foods. But what we do know from research is more diverse types of microbes living in your gut equals better health.
0: I feel like a lot of people have heard of taking probiotics, uh, either in a pill or through what they eat, kombucha or kimchi, Mm -hmm. something like that, yogurt, in order to help their gut microbiome. But fiber Mm -hmm. is the other element here, right? Like fiber is called a prebiotic.
1: Yeah, so both prebiotics and probiotics are great for the health of your gut microbiome probiotics are foods or supplements that contain live microorganisms that have a proven health benefit so think foods like kombucha or yogurt prebiotics are the food or fuel for those good microbes in your gut All known prebiotics are fiber, but not all fibers are prebiotic. So prebiotic fibers are those that gut microbes ferment to produce chemical messengers that go throughout your body, but not all fibers are easily fermentable by microbes. But, you know, just because microbes can't break them down doesn't mean that they're not beneficial. For example, cellulose is a type of fiber found in foods like celery, And gut microbes don't do a great job of breaking it down, but we have lots of research that shows that cellulose can help keep you regular, which I think we can all agree is pretty important. The human body is amazing. I know, right? It's so amazing. (laughs) Amazing. It really, really is. It's fascinating. And I'll tell you, the reason I got interested in fiber years ago was I thought I was eating super healthy. I was having salads every day and whatnot. And I read an article about the benefits of fiber. And I got curious, like, hmm, I wonder how much fiber I eat in a day. And I started tracking it. And it actually wasn't that much because, um, you know, so fiber is found in plant-based foods. And I was eating a lot of salads. But the thing is, like, iceberg lettuce. doesn't really have a lot of fiber in it. So I started sort of targeting high fiber foods in my diet. And so one thing I'll do nowadays is like, I'll sprinkle a tablespoon of chia seeds on my yogurt. And that one tablespoon of chia seeds has four grams of fiber. Um, And I think you'd have to eat like a truckload of iceberg lettuce to even get anywhere near that. Wow! (laughs) But I I know, or um, a cup of raspberries or blackberries have eight grams of fiber which is a lot. And those can be expensive.
0: I was going to say, maybe that's why they're so expensive. <laughs>
1: right. Right, but, but actually, you could just buy them frozen, right? And like throw them in a smoothie. And they're a lot cheaper when they're frozen.
0: Okay. The main issue I have with raspberries and blackberries, which also have a lot of fiber, is like they get moldy before I can even look at them.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I eat them up first because if I'm paying like six bucks for a little pint or whatever, I'm going to eat them yeah, right
0: yeah. away. <laughs> well, how much... How much fiber should we be getting a day?
1: So the formula is basically 14 grams of fiber for every 1000 calories you eat and That translates usually for women, something around 25 grams of fiber. And for men, it's something like 38 grams of fiber. But it's in a way, it's moot because the vast majority of Americans get nowhere near that. Less than 10% of Americans eat the daily amount of fiber they're supposed to. Most, the average, I think, is something like 16 grams a day. So that's where, like, you know, maybe being a little more conscious about what you eat can help uh, without being obsessive. But really, what you want to think about doing is eating the rainbow, which is something you've probably heard a million times from, like, registered dietitians say it all the time. And that just means eating a variety of plant-based foods that are rich in fiber. So, like, sweet potatoes or avocados, very rich in fiber, asparagus and artichoke, um, you know, brown rice can help. Um lentils and other beans, navy beans, black beans, et cetera, um, very high in fiber and not expensive at all. I mean, I eat lentil soup, you know, at least half of the week.
0: <laughs> do you count your fiber every day or, or periodically?
1: I do, but that's because I'm a little bit obsessed with fiber. But I don't think the average person needs to at all, really, if you're just sort of trying to eat a variety of plant-based foods, you know, like fruits, vegetables, and obviously whole grains legumes, like all of that can just help you get closer to your goal.
0: Yeah. What is the difference between soluble and insoluble fiber? Because I feel like those terms are a little confusing and I'm not sure whether I need to be keeping track.
1: Um, No, (laughs) I don't really think you do for the average person who's got a million things going on and isn't kind of a fanatic like I am. I don't think so. It's really easy to get Really in the weeds pretty fast when it comes to fiber. Um, but basically, soluble fiber means it can dissolve in water. Soluble fibers bind with water and kind of turn into this gel like consistency that slows digestion and that can be helpful, it can lower glucose levels and blood cholesterol levels. Um, again, like chia seeds, oat bran, lentils, nuts and seeds, apples and pears have soluble fiber. Insoluble fiber means it doesn't dissolve in water. And that's helpful because it can help food move through your digestive system and add bulk to your stool and help keep you regular and prevent constipation. So you can think of foods like quinoa or brown rice, kale, walnuts, that falls into that category. And the thing that's important to remember is that different kinds of plant foods have different kinds of fiber in them and they're all important to health in different ways. So again, that's why you wanna eat the rainbow. you know, Eat lots of different fruits and vegetables and whole grains, nuts and seeds and beans just to make sure you're getting you know, a variety of fibers in your diet.
0: Right. So is it ever a good idea to get fiber from a supplement or a pill?
1: Very good question. Every researcher I've spoken to told me your best bet is to get fiber from a variety of plant-based foods. La, la, la. I've said it a million times now. Um, and But that's really for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, when you eat fiber-rich berries or sweet potatoes, you're also getting all the vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients in those foods. So not just the fiber. So they're good for you in multiple ways. But another reason is the fiber used in supplements, it's been highly purified. It's a simpler structure than the fiber that's sort of bound up in complex structures naturally inside of plant foods. And so these simpler fibers um, tend to get fermented faster by gut microbes. But that means they might not travel all the way down the full length of your large intestine and feed the microbes there too. So basically they might not reach all the microbes that need it throughout your gut. That said, if you don't get enough fiber supplements are probably helpful. They just don't seem to be as helpful as getting your fiber through plant-based foods.
0: Yeah. I I noticed too that like I was taking fiber supplements for a while and then once I realized how much fiber we need a day, I looked at the label and it was like, I had to take five capsules to get two grams of fiber. I was like, this is wild like what is even in these it was like caramel mostly caramel coloring
1: my advice is like eat a bowl of black bean soup right (laughs) lentil soup right it's going to be tastier hopefully
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. um okay so if you're someone who does not eat a lot of fiber right now where do you start because if you if you start really abruptly and like crank it up you could get gas and bloating and just like gastrointestinal distress, right?
1: Right, right. And um I think that's a really important point. Like if you don't eat a lot of fiber, I would definitely say the key is to start slowly, just be very gradual about increasing your fiber intake. So for instance, if you like to eat white bread, maybe, you know, the first week you're trying to increase your intake, switch out one serving with whole grain bread and the second, you know, second week do two servings until you've done all your servings of whole grain instead of white bread. Um the other thing is Drink lots of water because this can help the fiber bind. It prevents it from hardening. Um, And you can try cooking vegetables or eating fruits without the skins or seeds that, you know, can help make foods a little less likely to cause gas. One thing you might want to do is if you're eating more foods with fiber and noticing gas, maybe take note of which foods cause symptoms. You might want to adjust your diet if you're particularly sensitive to something. Like for instance, I've said I'm a fiber fanatic, but I've realized I got to moderate my chia seed intake. Like one tablespoon with my yogurt is fine, two tablespoons and I'm in trouble later. (laughs) That's just me personally, you know? (laughs) Totally. Yeah, and the other thing, um, you know, I find that taking a walk after meals can also be helpful with gas and bloating discomfort and so yeah just moving a little bit afterward and it can help with digestion and help release some of that gas
0: <laughs> all right well i am i'm like kind of pumped now to go eat fiber all day
1: yay like. <laughs> yay but like do it in moderation you
0: know <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. It has been my
1: pleasure as your official NPR fiber fanatic. (laughs)
0: For more LifeKit, check out our other episodes. We have one on how to handle constipation and another on weightlifting. You can find those at npr.org LifeKit. And if you love LifeKit and want even more, subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash LifeKit newsletter. Also, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have episode ideas or feedback you want to share, email us at lifekit at npr.org. This episode of Life Kit was produced by Claire Marie Schneider and edited by Sylvie Douglas. Our visuals editor is Beck Harlan, and our visual producer is Kaz Fantoni. Our digital editor is Malika Garib. Megan Kane is our supervising editor, and Beth Donovan is our executive producer. Our production team also includes Andy Tegel, Audrey Nguyen, Carly Rubin, Margaret Serino, and Thomas Liu. Engineering support comes from Neil Tebalt. I'm Mariel Segarra. Thanks for listening.
2: This message comes from NPR sponsor, VCU Massey Comprehensive Cancer Center, who, as an NCI-designated Comprehensive Cancer Center in the country's top 4%, is unconditionally committed to keeping loved ones in their lives. MasseyCancerCenter.org slash comprehensive. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on